Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. want to give a big shout out to Par Hopper, our official golf apparel. Uh, I'm the only person that shoots bogey golf that has an actual golf sponsor. I sure appreciate it, fellas. Uh, Williams Tire over in Danville, thank you very much. Nobles Networking, Chris, you're awesome. Red Circle for everything that y'all do, the management company, and uh, you know all the corporate sponsors. I can't remember y'all from time to time. They switch out so much, but uh, thank y'all for throwing a little money my way. I, I very much appreciate it. Everybody knows that I love talking about men's mental health and mental health in general. And today, I've got one of my real good friends that y'all have uh, seen on the show several times or heard on the show several times, Tyler Branch who's a permanent resident again of South Georgia. Thank God. I'm so glad to have you huh. back down here, my guy. So glad to be back. Man, and I'm just I'm just tickled that you're here. <laughs> uh, and we've got somebody who, when I asked one of my real good friends and some more people on TikTok and other social media platforms, who is a guy that I can have on to talk about mental health awareness in men? This guy's name came up several times. Uh, I've already been shooting the shit with him the past couple of minutes i dig this cat he sounds like fucking batman but i promise you he's not uh mr joe you can find him on tiktok at jb motivation 777 joe go ahead and tell everybody hey what's up guys how we doing i'm good dude i'm glad what's to have good? you on man oh no it's a pleasure to be here honestly it really is hey can you hear tyler by the way can you hear him when I he speaks i can't he sounds kind of hot yeah, he did. I mean, you can't see him. <laughs> see, this, that, that's some northern boys for you. Oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> yeah, some nor- they hear, even the northern men hear southern accents, and they're like, you know what? That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I see you, though. You're a goddamn beefcake, my guy. Yes. I'm trying. I haven't been this small in a while, actually. Just waiting until the wintertime. Did you say this small? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? How tall are you? I'm only 5'9". I'm short, but I'm thick. I don't know. Me and you just say, how much you weigh? Um, two hundred and ten pounds. I don't know. You got you. I got you beat by about ten or fifteen pounds in an inch. You look like a fucking monster. I'm just telling you. Like I thought you were six three, six four, two twenty. Fucking meat. Sure. Uh, not not that tall. My dad's six four. My mom's six foot. I don't know how the hell I got stuck with five nine, but <laughs> those cards were not in my favor. Uh, you know what? I tell people all the time. It would not be fair to the rest of the world if folks like me and you were above six foot tall. It would, <laughs> there wouldn't be no pussy left for left for anybody else. No, no, especially when you start getting the compliments from the guys too. Now, now everyone's in trouble. Do you get them too on TikTok? Oh my gosh! The, the number one comment I get from guys that, that go that way is, "Bro, I'm not gay, but your voice though." <laughs> I'm telling you, you're like I'm gonna get you before this is all said and done to say I'm Batman. <laughs> like it's it is in my goal to, of things to do today. And by the way, we, we we love the gays on the show. They absolutely fucking love me. I love the reason they like the show. And every time I say this, like people get tickled by it. I treat the gays, the Alphabet Mafia, whatever you want to call them just like anybody else. And they love me for it. I talk more shit about uh, regular-ass Caucasian dudes like the three of us than anybody. Mm. And then they hear me call a, a tranny a transformer, and they fucking just they laugh at it. 
It's like I, it's like I can't get fucking canceled for talking about Optimus Fine over there. Oh man, you're lucky you can't get canceled. I've been trying to get canceled left and right. Well, I got canceled from country radio, and I figured out what not to do, and uh, yeah. it's it's work for fucking idiots. <laughs> when you work for yourself, everything's kind of fun. Oh, trust me, that's the spot where I'm trying to get at. I think I'm uh, a couple bands away from getting this newer account taken down from TikTok as well. Have you? Uh, you already got one took down. So I started TikTok during quarantine, ironically making shirtless bartending videos. Of course, I was you did. bored. Right. Of course, I, I was <laughs> bored during quarantine. Um, but the moment I opened up my mouth, I started sharing some of my experiences that I that I've been through. It really started to gain traction. Well, TikTok flagged me and flagged me and flagged me. Um, and then it got to the point where it just fully, it took everything down. So I'm like, all right, start from the ground up. So this account that you saw lately, that is the one I had started at the beginning of 2021. And this is how far I've gone since then. What did you, what, uh, what did you get up to on followers on the other account? 150,000. Oh, damn. You're at 500 now almost. Yep. TikTok is just weird. I did. I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, and also, I've got a beef with them right now because uh, I, I got bitch tits. Like I do. I don't work out no more. I got titties. I, it don't bother me. I got dad bod. I'm doing good for myself. But every time I post a shirtless picture, it gets took down for nudity. They think that I have actual titties. That, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm gonna fucking sue them <laughs> if I could figure it out. Because with with everybody discrimination. getting paid. Everybody getting paid now from like gender messing up or whatever. It's like yeah. TikTok thinks I'm a woman, but I identify as a man because <laughs> I'm a fucking man. And they, they they think my titties are women titties though. It's it kind of it's kind of hurtful. That's really funny you say that though because I literally had a video get taken down for that very same reason for sexual activity and nudity or whatever. But if you watch my videos, I make my videos in the car. I'm fully clothed. And it was the video that went viral about having a tiny girlfriend. Nowhere did I mention sexuality, nowhere did I even look nude. So I don't know where they're starting to get off with a lot of these bans and cancels. Now, I think I think that there is a secret group of people on TikTok that and they might actually work for TikTok. Fuck, I don't know. But I think <laughs> they're they're picking what's appropriate and what's not. I don't think that there's like a random generator. I know with some of the language. Because you can hit the caption button and it captions everything you say for you. Yep. I know that it already recognizes your speech. I think there's keywords that they automatically recognize and they're like, okay, no. Like I don't I yeah. think that you I don't think there's even they don't tiptoe around the line. They're like, no, if you get close to it, fuck you. Oh, oh yeah. I would not be surprised. And see, like I have a lot of people that are in politics that do my show. You think that it's bad? what me and you post and get community guideline uh, shit. Try yeah. being somebody in politics, somebody who wants to promote that kind of stuff. You can't fucking do it. No. No. But uh, we won't we won't get on any of that shit. Where about you today? Uh, I can I can just run my mouth all fucking day about stuff like that. So first, first off, introduce yourself uh, as far as where you come from, Give them a little bit of background on you and also drop your social media link so they can go look you up, my guy. All right. So a little bit of background from me. I mean, I'm from Chicago, Illinois, born and raised just around this area in general. 
really, I, I kind of stayed in one spot. My parents are split. So, you know, it's that awkward back and forth, back and forth. I take pride in I'm the bastard child. Um, it doesn't help that I'm also... Actually, let's play this game real quick before I even say it. How old do you think I am? Oh, I hate this fucking game. <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say 30. Okay. Um, I'm 22. You're not fucking 22. Yeah. You've aged horribly. <laughs> yeah, this is what happens when life bitch slaps you across the face and you just keep going with it. Same with me, though. I'm 33. I'll be 34 in September. And everybody thinks that I'm fucking in my 40s. You know what? It's, the length, it's the length of the beard. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Is it with you know wisdom Gandalf shit going on over here? Yeah. Oh yeah. Turning gray and people will start calling you a prophet. Uh, they already do. The Southern prophet. Among you know that's things. a good that's a good name. That's, yeah. That's a fucking. Hey, <laughs> but you know what I started the name? I don't know if I've ever told anybody this. The original name for the show before we thought we were going to get backlash for it was uh, mm. the Drunken Preacher. That would be awesome. That's what it was going to be called was the drunken preacher. And uh, we started thinking about it and it was like, eh, eh let's, just, let's, let's just find another way to say it. So politics, religion, and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Same concept, just more explained. There you go. So, yeah, finish going. Finish telling us about you. But, yeah, so parents are split. They split when I was two. Um, like I said, so I'm 22. My youngest sibling is four, just to give you that ratio of how much Whoa. of an accident. Yeah, yeah. That just gives you an idea of how much of an accident my ass was. But life was uh, definitely interesting. Definitely not normal. It wasn't the worst. Everyone's going to have, you know, that worse story than yours. But I didn't exactly have the best upbringing. So my mom gave me up at two years old. I, that is the earliest memory I will ever have. It was a Monday. She called my dad, told him, hey, you want him? Grab him up from daycare. And I remember bawling my eyes out, wondering where my mom was, because she was the one that was supposed to pick me up. And my dad showed up, and I was like, what's going on? Um, but that was because my mother was a drug user and abusive alcoholic. So she wanted to go and do her thing. She, she was young. She was, you know, eight. At that time, she was probably 20, so she still had a lot going on. Well, my dad taking on that responsibility now because I don't know how well you know about father's rights and everything like that. Well, in Illinois, you don't get anything. You don't get diddly squat. Even if your name's on the birth certificate, even if you're married, whatever, it doesn't help that you weren't married, but the mother can take everything and anything, and the dad is the one that has to go and to court pay the thousands of dollars just to even get any sort of rights so that was my situation kind of growing up and dealing with my mother's mental and physical abuse meanwhile going over by my dad's side where he was always working so the real only influence i i had at that time was when my stepmother came into the picture and it was a real real back and forth you know again i'm still staying around this area and so it got so bad at my mom's house to the point where I actually had to get a restraining order against her in the sixth grade. Last about three against years. Against your mom? Against my own mother. Uh, because it happened on Christmas. Um, she got into a drunk, drunken fit on Christmas. Um, a lot of stuff happened. And I came home. I told my dad and my stepmom what had happened. And they're like, that's it. We're, we're drawing the line. Um, so it's like... 
everything that had happened with her had built up to the point where it was like, it, it, it got too much for me. You know, I'm young, I'm in school. Her ass already tried to kill me when I was seven on accident when she was drunk off some other shit. So it's like, that's it. We're, we're capping it. So pretty much middle school, going into high school, no contact with my mother. You know, I'm very scholarly, even though I hate school. I always did very well at it. But she came back into my life after she sobered up, met her new husband in AA. And we can kind of go over how well that worked out. I was just going to say it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to know to know that doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was an ex-heroin addict. Oh, so that's a, oh, yeah. No, she, she found a real keeper. But she got back into my life. Fortunately, she took my parents to court. Meanwhile, my situation at my dad and my mother's house was getting very toxic. You know, my dad was never around. There was picking sides between the children. Granted, I'm sure I didn't help being, you know, a stubborn Italian teenage boy at the time. So I'm not going to alleviate all the blame off of me. I'm sure I was kind of a prick to do with at times. But the day after I turned 18, right, I turned 18 on Thursday, that Friday, I had moved out into my mother's place thinking, oh, she's, you know, sober, she's better, everything. Well, here's the problem that people don't understand with the dichotomy of two different households. You're going to have the fun household and you're going to have the strict household if the parents don't work together. That's just how it always is because the parent that wants to be the favorite, that's the fun household. But that's also the household you get into trouble with. So here I am, senior in high school, moved out. I have all of this freedom that I've never had before. What does my dumbass do? I did, I broke the number one rule at a workplace. So you don't, you don't fucking sleep with your coworkers. Uh, oh yeah. Nope. yeah. I, I would, I've done fucked up things. I've never fucked a coworker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. So no, just wait. The story gets better. First girl I ever lost my, I lost my virginity to, right? She was my coworker. You know who my baby mama is? Her? Bingo. That a boy. How old? <laughs> I was 18. She was 20. Okay. Well, at, least yep. you, at least she's older. Older woman. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. Older woman for the first time. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So there was that situation. Found out a senior in high school. Um, I was going to be a dad. And just to show you the childlike mentality of that whole situation i found out because she had sent me a snapchat of a positive pregnancy test when i was at costco with my grandma and i was sitting there thinking oh and all it said was i need you i was like okay all right so that was a dramatic turn in life and that was i found out she was actually a severe narcissist and it was just all the the whole pregnancy was very, very traumatic just because she was very abusive. She was going back and forth between the guy I think she meant to get pregnant by. And then the story gets even more complex because my mother's pregnant at the same time. Oh, boy. Your mother so, is pregnant at the same time? My mother was pregnant at the exact same time the mother of my child was pregnant. So there was no escape from my 18-year-old ass. I can't leave the baby mama to go home because I have an angry pregnant mother at home. And I'm in school. Are, yeah. you, su are you sure you're not from Alabama? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I, I promise you, but it, it was definitely a situation for the books. So <clears throat> long story, long story short, throughout that pregnancy, whatever, my son gets born a week before I started college. I looked at her and I said, I don't want you to stay home, heal, take care of our son. Don't worry about anything else. I'll pay for the house. I'll pay for the food. I'll take care of everything. Just make sure our son's alive. Take care of yourself. I will make sure everything else is taken care of. You need something, he needs something, you let me know, I will handle it. So 19 years old, working full-time, college full-time, kid at home, still going to the gym. And it, it, it got shown very early on that she had absolutely nothing, wanted nothing to do with this child. I already tossed her out of the abortion just because that is my son. I didn't, I didn't tell her she wasn't getting one. I simply heavily expressed my opinion against what she was trying to do. Yeah. And I'm glad she didn't because now I wouldn't have my son that I have today. So did she go into full postpartum? No, she was a bitch beforehand too. Oh, well, that makes it worse. <laughs> I, I don't think she went into postpartum depression. Um, just because she, she still cared, cared about our son. However, I knew it wasn't this because she started cheating on me about a month after he was born. And when I, and when I found that out, uh, she took that, put the blame on me, saying uh, she had to because she needed someone to talk to and I was never home. Well, yeah, I was providing for you guys. It is right. fucking insane, the similarities between you. I, I have two little girls. My mm -hmm. second, my youngest one, me and her mother fucking hate one another. The same exact thing of what you're saying right now ha happened to me and her. I was getting cheated on during the pregnancy, was stupid enough to take her back because I was like, uh, first off, my first child's mother, she's a fucking saint. So I always had a relationship with my oldest daughter, and I still do. And uh, yeah. But I didn't get to live with her. That always weighed heavy on me. So whenever the girl who I was living with and and uh, in love with and everything, when she got pregnant, I was like, okay, whatever whatever happens, I'm going to make this fucking work because I don't want to go through the same thing again. Well, she what? was a complete narcissist. She was insane. Um, and she had it the same way. The I used to be 300, like at this time period, I'm 330-something pounds. Like I'm, I'm a big mm. boy. And yeah. she told me the reason why I was getting cheated on was because I was fat and unattractive and she had to have somebody that she was attracted to. So I know what it's like dealing with them bitches. They are rough. They they are. And it's like, this kind of also attributed to the reason why mental health is so important to me. Absolutely. You know, having that aspect, especially because early, early on a couple, uh, probably a month or so before we split, because the first time she cheated, I forgave her because I still wanted to be there for my son. Literally a week later, I caught her doing the exact same shit on a different phone. I'm like, okay. So in the whole process of, of the breakup, you know, I was paying for everything. I took her keys away. I said, I still want to support him. Let me know what's going on with him. If you, if you guys need a place to stay, he can stay. Or my aunt was helping us out. You guys can stay by her. I'm like, but I'm not going to have you bringing people especially guys to a place that I'm paying for. That to me just baffles my mind. 
So after oh, that, hell she, no. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I'd have burned that motherfucker yeah. down, but my youngin wouldn't have been in there. <laughs> so she she took that upon herself as, oh, now it's time to fight back. I had scratches all up and down my arms. I got hit over the head with a coffee pot. And then she had the audacity to look at me and say, go ahead, show everyone who you are. You're a woman beater. And I'm like, huh? Like, you're the one that just got done trying to beat the shit out of me. What did I do? I had, I, for- I had a coach in high school, dude. He told me something. And I, I'll remember it to the day I die. He said, you treat a woman like a woman until she put herself in a man position. Then you got to do what you got to do. I've never hit a woman, but if you've ever hit me, I I have moved you out my fucking way so I could get away from the situation. Like it's, you know, domestic violence goes both ways. And that's my biggest thing. I got, I got some lash back with the video I made about domestic violence uh, a few days ago with everyone saying, no, it's equality. You know, she hits me, I'm going to hit her. Well, we just went over I'm a 211 pound bodybuilder. She's five one, five whatever woman that I have, you know, 50, 60, 80 plus pounds on. First of all, that to me is not fair. It's morally not right, in my opinion. But I still agree that bear hug, calm her down, get away from the situation if you have to. But that's something you have to seriously tiptoe around because nine times out of 10, unless she is like damn near knife at your throat, gun at your head. You will lose that. And I found out very quickly when I took her to court for all the scratches on my arm. And I even had, get this, I even had video proof. I had video proof of the entire situation because I knew what was going to go down. I started recording. I showed the judge. The judge watched it. It was awkward because the video was loud and it was really quiet in the courtroom. So it was awkward. But the judge set the phone down, looked at me, looked at her and said, well, why did she do that to you? I said, I took the keys away. It's my house, my apartment. He goes, and she was just trying to get it back. I'm like, yeah, so that's why she justified doing that. And he goes, yeah, well, maybe next time you shouldn't take her keys away. You're no threat to her, and I don't see a case there. I don't know why you guys are here. Dismissed. Uh, wow. It's shitty. It's shitty. I don't, I don't know. Like, domestic violence is so... It is such a sensitive fucking line. We've done several shows on so like helping victims of domestic violence, like several shows now. And you know what? There's just some cases, and if somebody gets mad at me, they just fucking get mad at me. Some cases where the man or the woman deserves it. There's some cases that you you keep beating the fuck out of somebody, and they take it, and they take it, and they take it. They're eventually going to fucking snap. You know? So, and, and it's yeah. hard. To, it's hard, dude. Have you ever do you like stand-up comedy? Though, ever watched the comedian Bill Burr? I fucking love Bill oh, Burr, yeah. dude. <laughs> I, you, so you'll probably remember this joke of him talking about domestic violence and stuff, and he's like that whole bullshit excuse of like there's never a reason to uh, hit a woman, and he's pausing. He's like, "There's plenty of reasons. You just shouldn't fucking do it." Yeah, <laughs> and then he goes into all the things that women will take to edge and push. Every little of our button, destroy our stuff, get in our face, take everything away, even hit us, whatever. And you're just sitting there and you're like, waiting. Yeah. I mean, you, you shouldn't do it. You should use every resolve 
first. Exactly. It, it should be exactly. out of a hundred scenarios, it should be the number one hundred. You should do everything first. But like on Wednesday this week, I had a woman who just won uh, a medal at the Olympics that was on the show, and really, yeah. Let me tell you, she's bigger than both of us. She's stronger than both of us. She's built. She's six. She's like five ten, between five ten and six foot. She's she's just thick. She's a softball player, but she is oh. a badass. She is a she's beautiful. Like she is she is tough. She's thick, and if she was hitting me in my face, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't want to. But if she's beating the fuck out of me, you getting moved. <laughs> But even though oh, she no. probably she probably beat my fucking ass, like, I probably would get a chance. She knocked me the fuck out. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say that is one unit of a female. Good lord. Yeah, but it's not like, like I said, it should be the very last. You should talk yes. first. I do not advocate violence whatsoever. You should yep. violence should never be the solution. Like it should oh. all. You should talk the. Uh, diplomacy and everything else should be first and if there's another if there's no other resolve then you got to do what you got to do right 100 and i am i agree wholeheartedly with you i i grew so, up in a household with domestic violence like i i grew up watching like my father and my mother go at it and i'm talking about like equal like mm -hmm. her beating the shit out of him when they got drunk i, I grew up with drunks and addicts as, as parents um but my dad's recovered. My my mother, I think she is, but I really don't know. We don't really talk that much. Um, that was another yeah. similarity between me and you. Uh, mm -hmm. But, like, I did not understand until I became an adult and I had to deal with adult-ass women and adult men. It's like I hated my daddy for the longest time if I ever saw him put his hands on my mama. But I never hated my mama for putting her hands on my daddy. But when you get to be an adult and you realize this is equal, like th this is equal. If if somebody's beating the fuck out of you, you got to do what you got to do. Now I can't stand I can't stand when a man puts his hands on a woman and that's like the like her her not making dinner right. Pop, she didn't fold the clothes. Pop, all that fucking bullshit. Like that that's. That's there's yeah. never going to be a, no. a good reason behind that. Those guys can burn in hell as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? If your old lady's beating the fuck out of you, leave her. You shouldn't be with her. But you know, you can only take so much. No, I, I agree with you with everything that you said, 100%. So, where are we at? Progressing with the story. Yep. I, my life, you can probably create like a lifetime documentary with this bullshit. Everything I'm talking about, I've experienced before the age of 22. All right. Yeah, that's fucked up, Dick. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I break up with her. Like I said, she takes that as I don't want anything to do with your kid. Not true at all. She cuts contact with me completely for months. I, I don't know how to take it. I'm coping with, you know, smoking weed and drinking and really not getting anywhere in life. I was a server, a college dropout. I didn't know what I was doing. And that's when the lovely Marine Corps recruiter texted me. Well, you know what the Marine Corps could do for you? I'm like, what? Like, we can help you with your kid. And I'm like, all right, where the fuck do I sign? 
So I wasn't even a part of that whole pulley function, whatever the hell they got going on. I was literally signed up in and out within three weeks, and boy, were my parents pissed. <laughs> you look like a fucking jarhead, though. I love Marines. I I, I absolutely love the core. And you, you've got jarhead written all over you. <laughs> what gave it away? I just, it, I, you could have asked me. Be like, hey, do you think I ever served? And I would have right off the bat been like, if you did, you was a fucking devil dog, a crayon eating son of a bitch. That's what you oh, were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I loved every waking minute that I was in the Marine Corps. So I'd go through boot camp, do all that. I get sent into infantry training. And um, while I was in infantry training, I um, we were on our, our last hike, right? Our, our last 15 mile hike. I didn't know that I had double pneumonia in both lungs going into this hike. I was wondering, I'm like, I'm sweating so bad. My boots are a different color. I can't breathe. What's going on? I'm going through gallons, it seems like, of water, eating salt packets, everything. And I knew something was really wrong when we went up one of the ridge lines and my, my left leg gave out. Just fully cramped up, locked up. I dropped to a knee. One of the sergeants was like, no, we're going to get him back. He's done. My, my platoon sergeant looked at me and was like, no, the fuck he ain't, because I was one of the squad leaders. He's like, you're going to be the example. You get your ass back up there. My sergeant straightened up my leg, got the cramp out. Five minutes later, other leg goes down. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So now I'm fighting both legs just locking up on me. I'm dehydrated as all shit. And in my head, I'm thinking, what is actually going on? Worst pain I've ever felt in my entire life. Climbing up one big-ass hill, mountain, whatever you want to call it. My lower body's failing me. I can't breathe. Finally get up, I complete the damn thing, blackout, come to, I have everyone around me, dump water on me, yes, I got the silver bullet, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a tiny little thermometer with a silver tip that they shove up your ass to get your internal temperature. That, I don't even remember that, but everyone makes fun of you in the Marine Corps if you get it, especially because, you know, you're a guy and you got something shoved up your ass. It's okay, remember, we like the gays on this show, they like it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> they speak very highly of it. I, oh, I would yeah. ra I'd rather not try it. Well, yeah, especially when you're in that much pain and in delusion. The last thing you want is someone trying to probe your anus. There you go. <laughs> sure. But I had, at the very end, after they had cooled me down a little bit, I had 104.4 degree temperature. So I had that high of a temperature through the duration of the entire hike. They got me down. You know, I got veins popping out everywhere on my ass. They took seven tries to get an IV. I mean, when they finally got it, they're like, okay, good, because if we didn't, you were going to go on dialysis. I'm sorry? Like, yeah, your, your kidneys were shutting down. Your body is breaking down so fast that your, your kidneys were taking damage. I'm like, oh, well, thank you for just casually letting me know. Because, you know, Marine Corps, they don't send you to the ER where you should go. I got sent to a tent at the bottom of the hill. They probably think you wouldn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> right no seriously so after that was months of just nothing but going to medical day in and day out finding out i had you know permanent minor kidney damage i got left with a condition of rhabdomyolysis off and on which means my body breaks down faster than it should and they were trying to figure out a way to discharge me I made friends with the corpsman I was going to medical with. They skewed my paperwork to allow me to keep going. I went back to MCT, which is, you know, 
infantry school for the people that weren't directly going for the infantry. I made that shit my bitch. I made sure I was top dog. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to let this shit take me out. Ended up going to rigor school because my dumbass wanted to follow the girl I was currently engaged to at that time. Another thing, gentlemen, don't ever change your whole entire life area just for a woman. Nine times out of ten, I might not go to her. I'm like, <laughs> that might not always go the way you plan. No, this is an inside joke. This is an inside joke. It ain't nothing. It ain't nothing to you. It's just me and Tyler are not the smartest of men. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay. You can, You're there yeah. most sometimes. Uh, yeah, you can say that. That a boy. Because <laughs> if I would have played it safe and just picked a regular job, I would still be in probably. But because I picked a job that required a heavier medical evaluation, all the stuff I was able to hide gets brought back up. All because I wanted to be the same MOS as the girl I was engaged to. That's God saying, fuck you for trying to chase some pussy. I mean, yeah, I don't think I would put it that way, but yeah, you got it. <laughs> no, excuse me. I forgot you're a fucking Marine. Of course, of course your God says fucking pussy. <laughs> My Jesus oh, says man. I love you. Marine's Jesus says fuck you. <laughs> oh, we are a different breed. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I go through all that. I get medically discharged, which is a process and a half. I get out, and I'm landed right back at the same fucking spot where I left, my mother's house. Except the difference is her, her husband that she was with at the time got into heroin. She started drinking again despite after being sober and along with taking all her pain medications. That household turned so toxic so fast that... It took all of less than a week before she labeled me as the problem, kicked me out of the house, and I was living out of my tiny sports car that you see I'm in now for about three to four weeks. And there was a lot of people that you were like, drive oh, a what? sports car? Listen, it was Y'all are, diff are different. It was the stupid junior enlisted Marine in me that was like, that looks pretty. I want it. What is it? I bought it. It's a BRZ. What is that, a Toyota? It's, well, uh, Toyota's the 86 model, Subaru's BRZ, Scion's FRS. Okay, okay. I do not fit in this fucking car. No, no, when you <laughs> said, you, you can't. I know your body. I have it. I mean, you, of course, you got a lot more goddamn muscles than I do, but I know the size. We don't fit in shit like that. No. We fit no. in trucks and fat girls. That's what we fit in. <laughs> Hey, we love oh. our big bitches around here. We oh, man. That was good one. I like that. Ain't nothing wrong with a little cushion for the pushing. I like a lot for the tossing. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't wrestle with that bitch, I don't want her. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. It's the truth. A bitch, hey, I'll you wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear I have seen it. You have fought bitches your own weight class, sir. Yeah, boy. Oh. <laughs> so was no she fucking you? You fucking her. You never know. I, all right. <laughs> the life of a musician before he settled down. Well, yeah. Right. That road, that oh, road life is tough. Oh, that sounds like it. Yeah, but that roadhead ain't. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am partial. Oh, anyway, anyway, anyway. sorry, sorry. We have to make a lot of stuff. So go ahead, go ahead, pit it. Go I, ahead. No, I will, I will never excuse the talk of a roadhead. That is, yeah. that is some A class game right there. Yeah. <laughs> All I can think about with you in that car now is that movie Tommy Boy where Chris Farley's got the small jacket on and, and he's a fat guy in a little <laughs> coat. Uh, all I think is your Guido ass in that little ass car. Oh, my gosh. That's a good way to describe that shit. But, um, yeah, so my big ass, tiny car. And, you know, you have the friends and family that are like, oh, what are you talking about? You can you could have stayed here. And it's like, no, that's that's embarrassing. I don't want that. This is my situation that I put myself into and I'm going to figure it out. So this was, this was pre COVID. I got out in November of 19. So the gyms were still open. I was getting ready for work at the 24 hour gym in the shower. I had all my clothes in the trunk, worked my ass off. I get settled into um, an apartment. I get my first normal job outside of the Marine Corps, despite doing like little security bullshits at a bar. Granted, that same November of 19 was the last time I've seen my son to this day. It was Black Friday, and the moment she found out I still wanted nothing to do with her, she still took that as, I want nothing to do with him. Because she had found another dude, right? But she was still trying to come on to me. And I told her, I'm like, no. Same fucking story. That is insane. It's the same year, the same year. The last time I saw Lila, and we're going to like court proceedings and stuff now, so that shit will mm -hmm. change soon. But it was January. It was after Christmas, the 2018, or yeah, 2018, January 2019. That is insane. Yeah. So it, it, it was hard, especially because she, she blocked me and all my entire family, but she didn't have me on block because I still know she gets on my texts. So I don't know what game she's trying to play, but so I get my son. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She she I can message her. I can see where the bitch sees the message. Yep. And I have literally, I am so happy for this woman that she got married. She's a good mother. The dude that she got married to looks like a good fucking guy. But right. like I, I've offered them free tickets to Disney World. Uh ever since like me working. Uh, my previous job for before this, and now what I do, I, I don't have a bad living. So I get to go on trips and stuff and everything now. Mm -hmm. So like I have tried to rectify the situation with them and be like, hey, I'll pay for y'all to go to Disney World. Let's just sit down and talk like adults. I'll pay for y'all yeah. to go to concerts with me and my friends. That's one of the benefits of having buddies that are musicians. You get to fucking, oh, my God. Look what I am drinking, too. <laughs> I'll be damned. That's fucking. That's that's weird. Oh, man. Same color. Oh my god. But uh, no, dude, it's it's the weirdest shit. I know that she reads my text messages. I are my it was actually Facebook message. That's how I message her. And right. I see, I see where she reads it, and then it's just like I'm just not gonna reply. Bitch. Yeah, and I I don't I don't get it too because people ask me like, oh, do you pay child support? And I'm like, I've offered, but she wanted Same. to do it for like. I, I, she wanted to do it through like a cash app. And I'm like, no, I want bank statements. That way I have my own ass covered. It's formal. It's official. And I told her the amount. And that amount was literally the rest of my paycheck. I'm like, I will give you the rest. I don't need to go out. I need the expendable income. Let me cover my bills. I will give you the rest of my paycheck. She goes, 
no, that's not enough. I'm like, I, where else do you want me to get this money that you think I have? And so she's like, nope, I don't want any of it then. I don't need you or your money. Okay. I, I a woman scorn is the is the scariest and most unforgiving thing in this world. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't <laughs> I would never understand where it comes from, where they get it, and how when they get like that, again, I will say most women, not all, you never deal in absolutes. There are always outliers in situations. But when the situation get like that, all logic, reason, or morality goes straight out the window and they see right and all they see is emotion. And a lot of times all they see is that hatred for you just in general. Yeah, they, they want to hurt you. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. They quit. Like I, I know women that in those situations, they quit worrying about making themselves happy and they start worrying about making you miserable. They mm -hmm. don't focus on what makes them happy. They're going to do everything they possibly can to fuck with you. And, mm -hmm. and like he said, we're not talking about absolutes here, but absolutely most of you bitches is crazy. <laughs> so, like, don't do this shit. Be, men are logical. There's a bunch of us that are dumbasses, but men are usually logical in situations like that. Mm -hmm. Women are emotional. Uh, but also, it's the double-edged sword because Correct. we love the women because they're emotional. We love them because they're the opposite of us. It's just sometimes it, it fucking sucks. <laughs> sometimes it goes a little bit too far. A lot of the time. <laughs> so, yeah. And then after, you know, I got my job, I met the girl I'm still with today. Thank you, Tinder. Um, <laughs> and, you know, through all this, and especially through the past year, you know, with COVID and everything, you know, I get out of the Marine Corps, military don't make shit. Then you get to COVID. I have no things or anything, so I had to somehow figure out a way to work, but also not work at the same time. Very weird. Um, but yeah, then I met this this lovely girl who is toxic and hot and everything else out of the sword at the same time. It's almost weirdly addicting. Uh, he's 22. Uh, he doesn't realize that this is always going to be that way. <laughs> but the women that you just described are always going to be what you want. There, there's nothing they'll ever get away from. If you like toxic women at 22, at 32, at 42, at 52, you're still going to like toxic women because they do something for you. They fuck with your head, but they just make up for it. And then they fuck with your head board. You just keep taking them back. It is it's fucked up. I don't know what it is, but I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm still trying to work through it. She has given me a whole plethora of different experiences that because I'm currently with her, I will not indulge our eardrums with the uh, stories of those today. I don't feel like fighting when I go home. Um, I, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> Trust me. Me and this guy know that argument. This is best sometimes to shut the fuck up. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yep. So certain <laughs> topics will not um, indulge in. If she asks, I'm happy, I'm healthy, and I love my life. <laughs> Cheers. And because you just said that, you ain't going to be happy or healthy later when she gets done <laughs> fucking you up. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you might have you bit off where you can chew there, guy. No, man. No, people ask me, hey, how are you? I look at her, I'm like, hey, honey, honey how am I? Oh, trust me, we know. It's, you know what? It's like 
do you ever remember Tyler? Like when we was growing up, that we had these friends that I don't know if you did. I had friends that was older than me, mm-hmm. and they would see me do shit, and they would just look at me, and it was like your daddy looking at you and being like, "Oh, I remember when I still thought that was cool." Oh yeah, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like you don't even know you're in a world of fucking hurt mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. Oh man, man. So that that pretty much leads us to where we are today. But how I got into mental health is how I said earlier is, you know, I, I started opening up about some of the things that I've been through. Um, and especially the lashback that I got during everything that I was speaking about. And I really kicked off with the men's mental health when my first viral video on my old account happened right before it got taken down. And it was a video called Man Up. And I took um, basic thoughts of what goes on in a man's head when you tell him to man up in certain scenarios. You know, especially in relationships where, you know, you're getting abused and battered down by either your partner or, you know, a parent or wherever. And what's going on in your head, I'm simply just speaking everything that we're kind of thinking. Well, you're telling me to man up and get over and do whatever. Well, don't wonder why I may not smile as much. Don't wonder why I just kind of shut the fuck up. I keep to myself. I go to work. I do my thing. I may not be as talkative as I might not used to. My smile seemed forced. And because like, I get asked, I was like, oh, why, why do you act this way? It was like, you know how many times I got told to shut up about my depression or my feelings or, you know, stuff that I was going through? This was a product of what you guys had asked me to do because I still have a job to do. Yeah, and bottling, as as that video, yeah, sorry, bottling, no, bottling that shit up is tough. But uh, as somebody who's dealt with it a little bit longer than you, uh, my my suicide attempt and my mental health breakdown was back in 2010. So I think you might have still been in fucking diapers. Um, so I've got I've got a couple years on you. I got a couple years on no, you, kid. I, but, actually, by that time I was getting a restraining order against my mom. Remember? Oh, you're definitely more <laughs> fucked up than I am. Um, <laughs> Hang it up. And, and, but uh, but no, like one of the things you have to learn is. You don't bottle it up. You cannot bottle it up. You have to let it out. Sometimes a frown. Sometimes you just not being in a good mood. People think we're taught as men, we're taught as men, we're supposed to be strong all the time. We're never supposed to let our emotions get the best of us, crying for sissies, all that type of shit. Well, it's the complete opposite. The people who have a good grasp on their mental health, that they have mental health issues, are the people who let their emotions out when they feel those emotions. So they don't come back and overwhelm you later on. So if you're feeling sad, fucking cry. If you're mad as fuck, don't be violent. But go fucking scream into a goddamn pillow for five minutes. Do something to let your emotion out. The reason why people have mental breakdowns is because they tucked it all fucking down until there was one thing that broke, a straw that broke the camel's back, and then it just came all flooding out at one time. If you're fucking sad, cry. If you're mad, no. holler. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's the take that I, I've really built my entire page around is that being a man doesn't exactly necessarily mean you're physically strong, you're burly, you're aggressive. It's like, no, that's not the case at all. And my take, being a man is being a lot more mentally strong and emotionally strong and aware as well than anything above else. The biggest idea that I push is and a man's greatest asset will always be emotional control. 
And that's what really determines the boy and the man. See, a boy acts aggressively. He acts out. He acts on pure instinctual, you know, I'm mad, I'm mad. Right? You ever take a toy away from your toddler and he's just fucking, it's just one big fuck you, but in, you know, a toddler's voice, which is just kind of funny. But if you see that growing up later on in life and you do the same thing with, with grown adults and grown men or whatever, that's how you can really tell how emotionally mature they are is their reaction to life instead of responding to life. There's a lot of things I try to push for the young men is that, you know, the old saying, you know, 90% of life is just how you respond to it. Only 10% of it is actually what happens to you. So if you're able to keep your composure, you're in an argument with your woman. She's yelling, bitching, screaming at you, trying to edge you on, you know, get heated with her so you guys can both be, you know, bullshit together. But yet she's the heated one. You remain calm. And then she starts to calm down because she's confused. She's like, why isn't, why are you feeding into me? Why are you feeding this? You're like, no, we're going to remain calm. We're going to address the situation. Or if there's, take it a little bit more extreme, if there's a fight or a fire or something happening at work or whatever, and you're able to be that one that remains calm, can address the situation. It's like, okay, I know everything else is going on, but if we take this step to this step to this step, you go here, you go here, I'm going to go do this, we'll meet together, we'll get out. That is the mental and emotional strength that men start to need to have right now to be able to not get so triggered or offended. You are very mature for 22. Mm-hmm. You are, you are extremely extreme. I do like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, you probably haven't listened to any of the shows yet. Cause you didn't know who I was before the other day. I am someone who I call people out how I see them. There's been several shows that I have done that I have had to apologize to people that I thought they were full of shit before they got on the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a skeptic. I'm just a skeptic of people because I think social media makes people popular that don't deserve to be popular. I don't even think that I deserve to be popular sometimes, <laughs> to, to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of thought you might have been talking out of your ass on some of your videos. But, mm-hmm. that, but I think I had a preconceived notion of you because I was thinking tool because of the way you look and everything. <laughs> I want to tell you, absolutely wrong. You are very mature for your age. You, uh, what you say is actually authentic. Um, no, I, I, you have a, you have a new fan now. The way that you just broke that down, you, you are very good and very enlightened at what you do. Thank you. That, that honestly means a lot. And I, I really just try to do this to the best of my ability by taking all the things that I've been through, especially at such an early age not using it as a crutch or a cripple or playing the victim card because I can be abusive. I can be angry. I can fall victim to alcoholism, just follow the roots of my family and just use that as an excuse. Like, oh, I'm this way because I dealt with this in the past. It's like, no, I know what not to do. I know how to address the situation. But God has also, I don't say God has gifted me with the ability, but I can go through the shit and then help other people to realize they're not alone too. So we can all go through shit together and understand that if we get out this better, healthier, and in the right manner, we can all have that better quality of life that we all seek and mutual understanding, better connections, and better relationships. If I would have had your mindset at 22, me and you have the same mindset now. 
It took me mm-hmm. took me way longer to learn what you what you have at twenty two. Uh, I call it. I just got done doing a mental health shirt for. Our, I do a new shirt or two every month for the studio. Last month we did a mental health shirt, and I call everyone that deals with mental health issues warriors. Um, I, I say that's what we all are because we're battle scarred. We're not broken. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got dents, we've got dings, but we still got our armor on. We're still here. We're still fighting. We're battling every day against depression and anxiety and PTSD and all these other things. You're a fucking warrior. You never take a second away from the battle. You have to be a warrior. And you you did not let your trauma define you. You defined your trauma. Mm -hmm. And that is a big thing. You never wanted to be the victim you wanted to be the fucking hero of your own story. What you just said, when you talk to people, when I talk to people, when other folks on social media, when when James, uh, Lion Dad, uh, when he talks about mental health, what is so important with it is you are reassuring people that they're not alone. They don't have to fight by themselves, but you're no different than them. If you can muster up the courage to face adversity in the face, they can too. That's how you empower people by sharing your story. And the way that you break it down and the way that you say it, you are going to have a good future in mental health. Uh, you, you really are. You, you've got counselor <laughs> written all over you. And, that, and that's more important than any money you'll ever make, dude. So it's like, I know you guys only have seen me for – you know, my social media, my TikTok face value, but bigger picture working in the background. Obviously, this is something I want to do full time. I want to help people full time. I want to be, you know, a motivational speaker of some sort or a coach or whatever. Like this is, I know this is my calling and what to do. I meant to go through the shit, take the shit, but use that shit to help other people and be like, hey, I got you. That's what I know I'm meant to do. So bigger picture, besides this face value shenanigans, I'm working with a, a verified creator up in Canada. He's a music artist, not exactly country like you guys, but he does stuff for mental health, right? It also helps he has that blue verified check mark that everyone seems is so damn important. It's important for a couple good reasons. I, I, I hate to fucking say it. I, You're I, absolutely right. It is important for some good reasons. And it draws your attention, right? It adds that, like, that oomph, that sense of legitimacy, yeah. like, oh, this guy it actually means something. Got in contact with me. Now we're working together. We do almost weekly Zoom calls to make this a legitimate movement. So something that I'm backed around is my JB Motivation is my umbrella company. Underneath that is, like, my clothing line, my logo and stuff, which is Uncrowned Kings. It's what I have on my throat. And you know how women will call themselves, yes, queen, go queen, all that. What? Yeah, I mean, they're supporting each other, which is fantastic. So kudos to them. But for guys, you know, what kings. But I took a spin off it. It's the uncrowned kings. It's the men that deal with shit in the background that are still able to lead the house. It's the fucking dads. It's, you know, the guys that go to work every day. It's the guys that support the household, support their friends, have each other's backs but we're uncrowned because we aren't blown off full face, whatever, you know, just Joe Schmo, whoever, it can apply to anyone, but it's the people that have gone through the shit 
but they fucking own it and they take care of their business. Despite all my depression and anxiety, even, shit, even my suicide attempt last year. Was it last year? I think it was last year. Oh, this year has flown by so quickly. Everything is just 2020 now. Um, I still had work to do. You know, I still get up. I still go to the work. I still go to the gym. I pay my bills. I make sure my woman is taken care of. Make sure she's okay. You know, I have my side therapy. I have my select group of guy friends that I go to if I need to vent or if I need to, you know, express something. My guy friends are older, you know, 35, 37, and in their 40s. I go to the gym. That's my therapy. But no matter what, it's the guys like you and me who are going through the shit, are going through the baby mama drama, right? But we still go to work. We still try to help people. We still try to be something greater than ourselves to give back as a man should be that provider in society, be that good leader or that good mentor, or that good role model, whatever we are needed of us and that value that we can provide because a man without purpose is often a man without value. But when he finds that value, he comes to his purpose. And when he comes to his purpose, he comes into his happiness. Nah, dude, you're, I'm telling you, it, this is, you're, you're different in the way that you present it than I do. Mm-hmm. Is, you're going to be very good at this. Nah, I was going to tell you, you're going to help people. I can sit here and as somebody who does mental health awareness meetings and talks, this has spent a lot of the past five or six years doing it. You're different about it. But I think it really, really works for you. I couldn't be the aggressive way you are about it. I have to go in it to it in a more subtle way. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I've got to knock you the fuck out with like my slick talk and everything. Your, your, your whole attitude towards it, it's very aggressive, but it's aggressive in a very good way. In, in a very good way. Um, you got to know who C.T. Fletcher is. You, you, oh, being, you being a fucking workout guy, right? CT is the only person that can get away with using the word fucking the way that he does and never be chastised for it. I, I, I like the word just as much fucking anybody, but mm-hmm. the way that he can say it's still your fucking set and you've got people that have no idea who he is, but hear him say it in the way that he says it. It kills. You've got preachers that probably are sitting there in the bullpit, and they're thinking if they watch C.T. Fletcher, I gotta, I've got to own this. I've got to own what I'm doing right now. And when he says, it's still your fucking set, it just, you, you got the same aggressiveness that works for him. So I think, right. I think, I think you're going to be good at this. And uh, Tyler, what's the, the Sturgill Simpson song the, about the crown? Because he needs to hear it. Um, Oh, they call me King Turtle here on Shit Mountain. Yeah, they call me King. You got to hear this song. Uh, <laughs> you for Uncrowned King. By the way, as somebody who is very good at branding, that is a great yes fucking uh, idea. The name is great. The backstory behind it's even better. You will do extremely fucking well with that. It's literally called "You Can Have the Crown." You can have the crown. You got to look up the song. You can, <laughs> yeah, it's Sturgill Simpson. You can have the crown. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a look after the show. I don't know what kind of music you listen to. It's probably like fucking techno Guido bullshit, but you know. What do you I listen, listen to? Metal. metal. Of course you do. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why the fuck I thought anywhere else. I do listen to some country. I'm a big fan of Luke Combs. Who the fuck is it? I mean, now, we were just having this conversation. Luke Combs 
He's a good dude. Yeah, he, he's a great person, and he just he transcends everybody. You don't even have to like country music like him. Yeah, yeah. He was just the first one that came to mind. But uh, if you like metal, listen to Sturgill fucking Simpson, and I promise you, you'll fucking dig Sturgill. All right, sounds like a plan to me. Hell yeah. But uh, but dude, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, I love what you're doing for mental health. Uh, we need a whole lot more men and women taking the taboo away from people who have mental health issues. Uh, it's just now in the past five years that it's became okay to talk about to where, mm-hmm. you know, dads are now asking their kids at an early age or sons mainly, Hey, are you okay? Like, and people realizing that when somebody just says, yes, I'm fine. They're usually not. So I, I appreciate anybody that works with mental health and tries to put the message out there. And I think you got big things coming. I can't believe you're fucking 22 and you have the outlook you have. You, you're built for success. No, I, I hope so. But it's not about, you know, the money or the fame, whatever. If I can make one person's day better, I know I've done my job. I'm telling That's you, it. the first time somebody, well, you probably already got the meaningful messages. The first time I ever got a message and it was telling telling me how I helped save their life or make them rethink the way that they were living and their mental health issues and them getting help or, or reaching out for help. Um, that's more that'll that means more than any dollar amount you'll ever make, dude. So yeah, one hundred percent. But drop your social media links real fast so people can go find you. And uh, and I'm going to let you get the fuck out of here. You probably got to go work out or fucking gym tan laundry or some bullshit. All right. First of all, how'd you know that? <laughs> Don't come at me like that. <laughs> I, you got I, Jersey Shore written all over you. I didn't know. I, you're the one who dropped you as Italian earlier. You, oh, I, yeah. I just thought you was like a buff Mexican. The, I hate to say that is not the first person that has told me that. I did. I really <laughs> thought like your last name was Gonzalez. Oh, come on now. It's okay. You got more of a Ricky Martin vibe anyway. You made it Puerto Rican. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know the difference? Speaking of Bill Burr, okay. you know the difference between uh, a Mexican and a Puerto Rican? What? Puerto Rican's taller. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't get canceled. It's my own goddamn company. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't worry. I'm going to have a podcast coming out soon. Hey, let me know. I'll help you with it. I appreciate it. I will, I, I'll help you. I've had a lot of people that wants to start them, um, and I, I don't mind helping anybody, dude. Awesome. No, it means a lot. Cool. But to answer your question about the, the social media stuff, I mean, I'm, all of it associated with, like, my TikTok, it's all JB Motivation 777 Like, the TikTok, the Instagram, you know, my, my YouTube that I need to start being a lot more active on. But, I mean, as it turns like personal, if you want to see like my daily life shit, that's Joe Butis three is just the Instagram. And um, before I spell it, yes, it is spelled butt ice. Before you even say a fucking word, I know how my last name is spelled. <laughs> what is spelled butt ice? It's B U T T I C. I kid you, I kid you, fucking not. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't make that shit up, butt ice. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, the American pronunciation pushes the hell out of that one. Oh, yeah, that's fucked up. How do you say it in Italian? 
Butiche. That's cool. That's like Dierte yeah. for Joe Dirt. Like, is it, all you got to do is add a little bit to it. Right. No, but, it's uh, normally it's Butiche. People see that and go, <laughs> butt ice. I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, just show them a muscle and they'll fucking run away. Right. I'm like, no, I haven't heard that one since kindergarten, but it gets a laugh. Yeah. I don't care. All right, dude. Well, I'm going to let you get out of here, but you got to do one thing for me before you leave. Oh, God. I already saw it coming. You got to say it. Yep. <clears throat> All right, let me know when you're ready. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm Batman. Say so you fucked up. You should just have your regular voice. I am Batman. Anyway. See, like, if I make it a little bit deeper, it gets a little bit raspy. Plus, I have no, headphones. Yeah, no. I'm, no, you, I don't know where the mic is. You sound like you're transitioning from a woman to a man when you make that. Like full fucking hormones when you make that other voice. Your voice isn't deep enough. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to send you a text or whatever when we get done to let you know it's uploading the link for it. Make a TikTok about it. Tell people to go listen to it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to make sure all my folks go listen to you. Um, and, man, I just appreciate it. And I appreciate every one of y'all. Oh, Tyler, by the way, thank you for doing this. Thank you You said me, about brother. six words the whole goddamn show. but I was letting y'all talk. <laughs> I'm just taking everything. I wanted you to be part of it. Well, Sorry, right, you look good anyway. All right. Well, anyway, well, thank y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. We'll catch y'all next time.